Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been forever, man. <laughs> How you been? What have you been up to? Yeah, I don't know. Different stuff. Living down in Atlanta right now. It's hot as hell. <laughs> it is pretty I'm down hot. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down here. Uh, where are you now, Nate? You're still in the area. Yeah, I was in Manassas for a little bit, uh, but then I moved back to Fairfax. Okay, so. I guess we'll start. Uh, welcome, everyone, to episode 13 of Pen Pen Pals podcast. Uh, here with your hosts, Alex. And Ben. Uh, Is that what I'm supposed to say? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. I haven't trained you yet. Damn it, I'm so behind. Yeah, we're very excited to have another guest on, an old friend of ours, Nate Smothers. Welcome, Nate. Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, Nate is kind of a consummate visual artist, and uh, he's been working on uh, comic ideas and concept art for on his own and for other people for as long as I can remember. Big anime buff. And have you watched Ava before, Neon Genesis? Okay, so when they first added it to Netflix, I caught like the first few episodes, but then I think something else started up and I started watching that. So I didn't get to watch a lot, but then... When you guys brought out that you were doing this podcast, I was like, you know what? Let me jump back onto it. See, I like it. And freaking love it. <laughs> it's awesome. So you've been binging it? or I've been binging it. Nice. I think I stopped somewhere around the episode that we're on now. Cool. And in terms of art style, uh, how, how do you feel about like anime versus kind of like Western comics and stuff like that? 90s anime is like its own thing like there's nothing like it <laughs> there's, 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 you couldn't compare it to anything else like you know you're watching a 90s anime the moment you see you don't even have to know what it is just any image from it you'll you'll know exactly yep made the moment. <laughs> you, know, you know what i'm saying like definitely all those like uh, like you could just look at like one frame yeah and you're just like oh yeah that's definitely a 90s <laughs> that's yeah. cool. is pretty is pretty crazy like I don't know. Uh, I don't remember anime in the 90s being this fluid, like the animation. Like, it's not very clunky. There's no spots where you can tell, like, the the, uh, the animators are just like, all right, let's rush this. This isn't, like, some super shit. Uh, I don't know if anybody watches Dragon Ball Super where they fuck up often. Uh, <laughs> but, like, this is, like, super fluid. Like, it's definitely ahead of its time. I'm, I've been digging it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's something that comes up again and again. Their choices on where to put their animation budget so they, they have a lot of, and we'll see in this episode that there's a lot of still frames. There's a lot of very cheap animation, usually with dialogue behind it, yeah. to save their efforts and their budget for the big, really fluid, uh, usually the giant robot scenes, right? Usually the Ava's fighting the angels. Oh yeah, even some of the subtle stuff. Like in this episode, uh, there's, there's uh, one scene where I, I don't want to jump too far, like two of the characters are talking next to one of the uh what is it casper mm-hmm. and her subtle movement like just the subtle movements of everyone is kind of cool like there's not nothing clunky it's not like a still frame and just like mouth flap <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, anime. like even now we're like it's just still frame mouth flaps going and it's like oh this is kind of lame like this is not the first episode let's, let's you can tell like you were saying like they definitely like found spots where like where they definitely needed to put their money. Yeah. There's where anytime like they're up close, zoomed up on characters, like subtle movements. I like I like small details like that. It'll it'll keep me watching. Yeah, they they kind of pick these like interesting angles to show stuff or like we've talked before about there's a lot of scenes of like people talking on like elevators and escalators and stuff like that where like all the characters are still, but there's still something like dynamic happening on the screen. Yeah, like there's all those little subtle movements, like someone just like brushing their hair to the side or a slight lean, like, like oh man, this is <laughs> this seems like something that would come out now. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I I can't see what you're mouthing, Alex. Oh, sorry. I I was just closing the door, <laughs> so hopefully it won't. <laughs> okay. Be so you you were mouthing the word sorry. No, I'm not very good at mouthing things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so sorry about like running behind. By the way, just kind of like behind on everything this week. Um, and I also I haven't had the chance to watch this episode, so so this will be my first my first watch this time. Oh, cool! We'll All have right. three perspectives. I just watched okay. it again. I watched it earlier in the week. What about you, Nate? 
yesterday, last night before I went to sleep, and uh, just before I hopped on with you, I was just kind of freezing. Oh, fun. We were doing the same thing. Cool, cool. Yeah, and no problem, Ben. Uh, uh, we all have crazy cool. weeks. And uh, and my, the only thing I had later was canceled. So I have no okay. Yeah. And I don't have a life, so <laughs> I'm really about it. <laughs> To, to be clear, I don't have a life either. I just needed to like buy food. <laughs> hey, that's a you don't die. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> something you have to do every once in a while. I see you're trying to you're trying to relabel the PP Pals Peapod update into the PP Pals Plant Progress, and I don't know how I feel about that. You need to return to your roots, you know? <laughs> okay, I I will I will relabel it right now and I will relabel <laughs> it for the future. However, every time we go over it, there will be no peapod update because the peapods are gone. And until the second the cool season at the end of the summer, right? There's gonna be more pea peapods. After this uh heat breaks. Yeah, that's true. Okay, all right, I'll relabel it that. Cool. Uh well since we're on that, my first red tomato got a bite taken out of it by something. I assume a squirrel or a bird, so uh that's gone. But I have beautiful clusters of yellow Roma tomatoes coming in, and uh I'm about to harvest my I don't remember if I mentioned the carrots, but I'm about to harvest all the carrots. They're a little short guys they did not grow very big but they are delicious and edible so you know that's all you can really ask for right it's just an edible yeah. and what about the the pp pals sister podcasts uh pp pals podcast update no no nothing nothing super super interesting just keeping on keeping on mm. okay Last time on My Harmonics Academia, another giant eyeball paid a visit to the space above Tokyo 3 and tried to hug the whole city. Masato revealed that Shinji isn't the only one with complicated daddy issues. Ritsuko and Kaji pursued a seemingly unhealthy relationship. Penpen saw his disciple again and joined in an argument, as penguins are wont to do. Kozo and Gendo took a romantic trip for two to the South Pole, you know, where Antarctica used to be. Misato made major, Rei received ramen, Asuka assassinated the angel, and Shinji showed Shady Gendo's praise still has a shockingly deep impact on him. The angels keep growing in size. It makes them easier to spot, but how long until there is an angel the size of the earth itself? Okay, so episode 13, Angel Infiltration. An angel infiltrates Nerve, quickly taking over the Magi supercomputer. Ritsuko proposes writing a program to forcibly evolve Ariel to its extinction. Um, what, what a, what a synopsis. Like it, it yeah. tells you what's gonna happen in the episode, which is kind of lame, right? Because there's some spoilers there, but evolve itself into extinction. What the f does that mean? <laughs> um, something, and, and maybe this would be like uh, Alex in editing, moving into the intro part, but a memory I just have was, Nate, didn't you have like a radio show back in the day? Oh my God. Um, I was the co-host, uh, one of the first co-hosts for Smut and Eggs <laughs> back in high school. Oh, <laughs> With Rob Bailey. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> Was that like a like mainly a music show or was that like a talk show? It was like a talk show. We'd play music like every once in a while, but it was usually us just like coming up with a new topic. Like we really didn't have topics. We just kind of shot the shit and <laughs> occasionally played music. And it was like public access radio or? Yeah. I don't even remember. I don't even know where they had it posted, but we, we'd have some listeners. I think most like 30 something. Not bad. Can you get audio of it? Are there recordings? I think so. Um, I may have to reach out to Rob. I think he may know where they are. Was it like a breakfast show? <laughs> no, it was just us like being kind of gross and talking about random <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> I think he was posting on something called Oceanus Radio or something along those lines. Okay. Very cool. Well, yeah, if you, I'll try to bother you about that. If you can, if we can find some recordings of that, <laughs> yeah, I would love it. to put a clip of that somewhere. Yeah. 
Okay, for a, what do they call it, a fishbowl episode? Uh, where the cast you mean a is, episode? yeah, like yeah. stuck inside of a building or a room. For a fishbowl episode or bottle episode, a lot of action happening here. I like that it's it's all the uh, the supporting characters. It's not the it's not the uh, the the pilots. You know, kind of took a step mm. back. Like, all right, this is what happens behind the scenes when when shit goes south. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I guess live action stuff. Yeah, I guess you use the bottle episode or the fishbowl episode so that you can just film in one place and kind of do it cheaply. But yeah, I think here it's more to get the main characters off so that they're not really involved and we can just focus on all the other characters for the episode. I've watched this episode probably three times and every time I forget about the pilots <laughs> until they <laughs> come back. And they're just like, oh yeah, that's right. They were there. Yeah, and, <laughs> which is great. It's kind of funny that they're like, what's going on out there? <laughs> like they have no idea. Because they've been up there since they got launched, right? Which presumably was like at least a couple of hours. Yeah, they, uh, there's got to be some time oh, yeah, they there. It was like two hours until the what uh, they managed to stop the uh, the spread for two hours, like it bought them two hours of time. So it's yeah. definitely over two hours. They've been sitting there just waiting for somebody to come get them. They, they, they said they pulled an all nighter, so I thought maybe like it's been like eight hours or eight something hours. like that. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go through it. Um, oh, and I'd like to apologize, Ben. I have in in addition to changing the PP Pals Peapod progress update. Uh, without your consent. Uh, I also have not been putting in a note that your the Netflix blurb will be there, and that will be rectified, I promise. <laughs> Though it has a certain ring to it. We should keep the... Because we can put pod again. Anyways, okay. So, uh, uh, so this is a Ritsuko character study episode. Uh, and we start with her... She's heading to a diagnostic procedure that they're running on the Magi to start a uh what do you call it a i think they're testing the ai the ai pods for the for the avas i didn't get clearly what it was but the implication seemed to be that this was a stopgap that they they were trying to figure something out so they could launch an ava without the pilot hmm. maybe uh having them connect to the avas without actually having the pilot like in there uh, they could remote connect in from those pods. Okay, that's why they had, because even though they weren't in the simulation bodies, there was a plug inserting it into the back of the yeah. simulation bodies. Okay. Mm. Thank you for clearing that up. That makes sense. So I think not only is this a character study of Ritsuko, but I think that this episode is show, I don't know, it seems to show me that there is a lot more parallels between Ray and Ritsuko than I had first imagined. They have very similar personality types and they have very similar uh, grace under pressure. Hmm. They're unflappable, like both of them. It's hard to take them off their game. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll mention that later when it uh, comes to it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I wanna get back to that in the, uh, the spoiler, spoiler sesh at the, at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. And the pilots have to do this test too. And one of the things they wanted to check with this test is if they could have the pilots naked in the plug suit instead of using, or in the plug, instead of using a plug suit. I, I don't know if someone in the writer's room just pitched like, hey, what if we 
give some naked shots of the pilots or if there is really an idea here. Yeah. Um, so the purpose of the plug suits, do they really do anything? Like, is it supposed to help them, like, connect with the Avas or...? The, the thing that helps them connect with the Avas, I think, is the neural bands, the little headbands yeah. they wear in their hair. But the suit itself, I think, is just a utilitarian thing. It's environmentally sealed, and it keeps them, like, cool or hot or warm or whatever. No, I don't think it helps them integrate right. with the Ava. Yeah, so I guess they're, like, they're talking about, like, decontamination, that, like, for whatever reason, this procedure, you know, they needed to be super clean and, and sterile for it. And I guess that's, like, part of the justification for the nudity or whatever. It's, like, you know, this way it's, like, the least contaminated or something like that. Hmm. It did have some effect. Uh, Asuka says, my sense of touch feels weird, fuzzy. And yeah. maybe this, maybe the suit, the plug suit actually Im, impedes their connection a little hmm. bit, gives them a little buffer. She says that, except that she can, she can clearly feel her right arm. And I think her imitation body only had hmm. one arm. Hmm. Uh, so it may be that she, with, while they're naked, they actually more fully feel what the Ava is feeling. Like a sensory deprivation tank. Because it is, mm, uh, the, mm-hmm. the pods are filled with liquid, right? If I remember right, it's yes. filled with like a liquid and whatnot. Maybe that's just them being naked just helps them, you know, because hmm. it's a mental integration, right? Like it's nothing, there's nothing being jacked into their body. It's not like the Matrix where they're getting something plugged in the back of their head and it's like, oh, you're connected. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. cool. So we, we learned something kind of indirectly about the plug suits themselves. I, I guess I was wondering when, when they were saying that it felt different and stuff, I wasn't sure if that was like kind of whatever they were doing with uh, the Magi and kind of like the new thing that they were testing it out. Yeah, these imitation bodies or, or like trial bodies that they have that they put the remote plug into, like... Where did they get those? What's up with those? <laughs> like they're they're like Ava bodies, right? It's like an Ava body with no skin or fat on it. It's like just the muscular yeah. structure. Uh, so we learned that Ritsuko's mother built the the Magi. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. I, I feel like a lot of this show focuses on the relationship between people and their parents. So we have that with all the the pilots. I guess we haven't had it yet with Ray. And we've had it with Misato now, but now we're learning about uh, Ritsuko and her her relationship with her mother. I guess that's fairly standard practice in long-running series now, or at least like full series where there's, you know, 13 plus episodes in a season. And this is like one full season, right? 26 episodes, I think. To devote some of the, especially the middle episodes to character study. But I feel like it wasn't ubiquitous at this point. Maybe this spurred, at least in anime, that kind of uh, impulse, which I'm a big fan of. Like, I really like the time to sit with a character and figure out more things about them. So yeah, so her mom designed the Magi. Pretty cool. And we don't get to meet her mother, which is very strange. You'd figure there would be some sort of flashback. Mm. I had the, I was I got the impression that she was dead uh, because she said that's just like my mom, like the woman she was like you know what I'm saying she held out until the bitter end. Mm. I, I was under the impression that she was she was she had died, and she had some like unresolved issues like with her mom and this was like kind of a I don't know the episode like at the end it felt like she like felt connected more with her mother than she than she did in the past. Oh, and maybe so. Ritsuko seems very confident. But maybe she has some sort of, I don't know, fear of aging. Yeah, that thing she said in the beginning, where she's like, my mom is doing fine, but here I am aging every day. Like, mm. Yeah, because in the last episode, she shows up at the party with Kaji, and she's in, like, shorts. A very fun, young thing to wear. Um, and in this episode, like, her speed on the keyboard and her mental not like how smart she is but how quickly she can uh apply that intelligence is like critical and so yeah maybe that's an anxiety she has about losing some of that youthful that's interesting yeah i kind of missed the reference at the beginning but then at the end she comments on it again like she's like oh man these like all-nighters really take it out of Mm -hmm. me now that i'm like this old 
Yeah, that's funny. Man, I didn't think about this. Uh, the first time we watched this when we were young, we were about the pilot's age, and now we're about the age of, uh, like, hmm. Misato, Ritsuko. I think they're a little younger. Like, I think they're supposed to be, like, late 20s, maybe early 30s, but not very yeah. far away from us. Okay, so the test is okay, but then we get this ominous shot of these, uh, like... I don't know, corrosion or something. That's what they seem to think it is in one of the walls, like at the seams. Yeah. And that quickly spirals into maybe the them starting the test woke it up or activated it or, I don't know, stimulated it somehow. But this corrosion starts spreading quickly. I don't know if it's spreading through the duct system or what, but it manages to get to the, the simulation bodies. And... In response, the command team jettisons the um, uh, the pilots up top, naked in their plugs, and then leaves them there for at least a couple hours, maybe all night. We're not <laughs> sure about the time frame here. There's a hack going on at the same time. Like they they realize something is hacking their system, and like at first it seems like they don't know where it's coming from, and then they start backtracing. Like they keep throwing stuff at it to to like throw it off to slow down the hack and then they can't figure out where it's coming from but then they find out it's coming from inside where the uh the imitation bodies are oh that's weird so in not the last episode a couple episodes ago with this the walking spider that dripped acid they an angel attack happens but they are simultaneously something messes with their power systems and so they assume that it's an outside operator again but they're wrong it's the microscopic thing yeah. itself it's just the same thing but they, they never and they never figured out the last time who had shut off the power right yeah i think i think it's kaji when i first watched this episode i thought he like sabotaged the whole thing i missed the whole corrosion part so i was like oh that dude fucking <laughs> like, <laughs> him. it was all him this is all his fault i was like oh we don't get to know where this infection came from but they did say it, it infected the 87th protein wall. Yeah. M- may just be a, a red herring, but the 87th parallel, uh, the south parallel, is uh, the latitudinal line around the Arc- or the Antarctica, which is where Gendo and Kozo were last episode. Mm. I don't know if that's supposed to be a little hint, but I like to think that it's actually their fault, that it was somewhere in Antarctica stowed away on their mm-hmm. ship, and that's how it got into uh, the nerve system. That's interesting. Oh, and there is this cool shot of Ritsuko is observing. She's, like, transfixed by what's happening, and Misato's like, we have to get out of here. And Misato pulls her out right before the glass shatters and the the room they're in is flooded. And it's very much like when Gendo was transfixed by the Berserk Unit 00 and Ritsuko pulls him out right before it breaks through the glass and would have killed him. Yeah, Yeah, it's a very similar image of like the hand kind of reaching up to this glass and shattering the glass and the water spills through and we see them kind of close off all these different hatches. That's That's another thing. Are those like... Uh, synthetic bodies rigged with explosives. Yes. They're, so they're all just okay. Because that's I don't know why. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> like, why are they just, just in case? We'll <laughs> just put like explosives on all their limbs <laughs> so we can just blow them up. We need to shut this thing down. And then, so the lasers uh, were for just dismembering the 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 imitation bodies in case they go wrong. So, who, which arm? What uh? What was that that was like attacking Ritsuko? Which um... it was Ray's, uh, the one that she was waking to. Uh, above the little sub robots that uh, have lasers on them. Mr. Powers, you'll notice that all of the sharks have laser beams attached to their heads. I figure every creature deserves a warm meal. They're very cute. Oh, and in this scene, we saw Gendo on one of those raising and lowering desks that we once saw the JASDF command people on. I just think it's cool that they have these platform desks that slowly and ominously raise or lower into the floor. The corrosion comes through, everything goes wrong, they evacuate, and we realize that this is not corrosion, this is an angel. 
It's like a microscopic uh, single cell organism colony. This one bucks the trend of naming too, but not by much. It's called, I want to say, Ereul, and it's I-R-E-U-L. Normally an angel has the E-L suffix, but it's it's right there. Ereul? Like the archangel? No, I-R-E-U-L, but pretty close. Um, so this one's name translates to or symbolizes uh, the terror of God or the angel of terror, which I think is pretty awesome. It's pretty effective. It terrifies everybody in the base. So it's like a disease, like a, a, a bacteria or a virus, but instead of instead of taking the host down, right, it takes it over. It starts manipulating the host, uh, whatever that is. It, it gets into the uh, simulation body and starts moving them around. A lot like um, the, the thing, the organism in Who Goes There, which is an old short story uh, popularized as uh, John Carpenter's The Thing in 1982, one of my favorite movies. Uh, and so it not only infects a body, but it starts either mimicking it or manipulating it to move it around. So they cut it off, but it manages to connect to... The first Maji? Yeah, it, uh, the computers, right? And so it starts evolving again to mimic circuitry. Like, how awesome is that? It has an AT field, which is seems bizarre because it's so small, but like, I guess each individual cell would be able to manifest its own tiny AT field, but as a whole, they like create a barrier that can protect the whole colony. And that's probably how they get into systems too. Because if you imagine a microscopic AT field cutting through uh, a barrier, uh, that would probably be very yeah. effective. Oh, and it's unclear if Ariel has a core like the other angels do, but I would theorize that it has microscopic cores, that it has cores the size of organelles, just like a mitochondria, right? Like our, our cells have mitochondria to be their powerhouse. It would have the equivalent of an angel core in each individual cell. So the Maji, like... I don't, I don't know if I'm spoiling anything or anything like that. I was looking up stuff and I didn't realize. It was like, the Maji is just a supercomputer with like three brains, right? Yeah, three supercomputers that are interconnected and they have the ability to disagree with each other. Okay. So just like kind of keep everyone in check, like checks and balances between the, the three of them. Like, hey, you're fucking up. All right, yes. Cool. Other countries have them, right? In, in this world? Like in Ava? Or are you talking about... No, I mean, like, no, I mean, like, in, in Ava. Is our government <laughs> yeah, run like, by three supercomputers? No, yeah, but like, <laughs> but, like, other countries within, like, Ava, like, have them. That makes sense, because there are other Ava programs in other countries. Like, Germany had an Ava program, right? And that's what produced Unit yeah, 2. Germany... It makes sense they would have something like that in their facility. Would uh, Ritiko's mom be the personalities they use for those, or do they different scientists for each yeah i mean from this it sounds like risco's mom just like invented these herself and like she came up with the idea of putting these different aspects of her own personality into the, the different supercomputers but, but yeah i have no idea oh okay i see what she means i assume because we soon we get the uh uh internal shots of the Magi and Ritsuko cuts open one of the containment units and it has a human yeah. brain in it, which we assume is, I don't know, she speaks kind of cryptically, like, you could even say that this is my mother's brain. You're like, but is it your mother's brain or is someone else's brain in there? What is going on here? Yeah, I think it's like a clone brain or maybe they, they made a brain, yeah. like a synthetic brain, but it has oh, her mom's sense. personality in it. Like, like a certain aspect of her mom's personality in it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, some sort of like bioengineered thing. You're probably right. Okay, so uh, there's an alarm going off. Gendo says to shut off the alarm and to contact the government agencies and tell them that it was a false alarm. Like, nothing's happening. Don't worry about us. We're fine. And he tells them to launch the Avas to the surface without pilots, without an ability to actually manipulate them, just to get them away from uh, the angel, to keep it from taking over them. And Gendo alludes to Unit 01 is being special again. He's like, the other two are 
you can sacrifice them if necessary, but O1 has to get out of here. So they do not have access to the Avas or the pilots. How will they solve this problem? Uh, we get this weird shot of Kaji doing something in a hatch in this m- main central, like, I don't know, vertical corridor. I mean, obviously he's doing something very shady, but what's he doing? What's up with that hash? Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. So they cr- try a couple of tactics to slow it down. They think that oxygen might have some effect on it. So they vent ozone in, which fits with theory, because if this thing is evolving from primordial goo originally, basically, it would first create prokaryotic cells that are allergic to oxygen, right? And as an evolutionary thing, just like at some point, prokaryotic cells might have must have made that switch, that mutation to utilize oxygen, they do the same thing. And all that ozone that they pumped in suddenly becomes food for the for the growing angel. Oh, it does this cool flash of rainbow colors when they're analyzing it on the screen. So it, which is like, which is very similar to this, uh, the seal shield that we see in the opening. Mm. Uh, and we'll probably, I know we've talked about it in the spoiler sessions and I think the next episode is going to deal with seal. So hopefully we'll get some answers on that. Yeah. So, so the angel is evolving. It's kind of taking over all of these different systems and uh, the magi are becoming infected and uh, Ritsuko does something to kind of slow down the infection and give them some time. And then she starts arguing with Misato about what to do. So Misato wants to kind of sacrifice the Magi and kind of destroy both of them. But Ritsuko doesn't want to do that. She says it's because it's like her fault. So she wants to try to fix the situation. Um, But, you know, maybe it has to do also with the fact that her mother built these things. And as we'll learn soon, that kind of her mother put herself into them. So to, to Ritsuko, in some ways, maybe they kind of are her mother or like the connection she has left to her mother. Mm. You know, last time we had Misato acting kind of selfishly for kind of her own reasons, like her vendetta against the angel and kind of doing something that other people advised her not to do kind of for her own personal motivations. And then in this case, we have Ritsuko doing something similar and, and like taking on this risk that like maybe objectively isn't worth it, but it, it's important to her to try to save her mother. Right. And we, she says later, I actually don't like my mother very much. We didn't get along. Man, there's that almost exact parallel with Misato because Misato does not really yeah. like her father either, but she feels the need to destroy these things that seemingly caused his death. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, so both of their parents are these scientists. And it's funny that it's like, I think Misato kind of like hated her dad as the scientist to like, you know, basically gave up his relationship to her and her mother to pursue the science, but then liked that he ultimately saved her. But then Rizko is almost the other way around. She's kind of like, my mom was a bitch, but she was a good scientist. I like, <laughs> <laughs> I respect her as a scientist. At least. <laughs> it's funny that that's the the uh, the brain that she's interacting with is the the because she said like as like you were saying she said the scientist she she always like respected but as a woman she kind of hated her yeah but that's the the brain she's working on is Casper is the the woman oh huh. she has to like work with that aspect of her mom and. and that's what I was thinking. Like, there's this whole like closure thing at the end. Like, I, th- I don't think her mom is alive. Like, she has to be dead. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I feel like, and this is, you know, to be like stereotypical. This feels like this is Risco acting as a woman versus a scientist, mm-hmm. right? That she's kind of acting like emotionally and wanting to to save her mom, even though maybe like her mm. as a scientist knows better. Yeah, should be against it, but for better judgment, is no. Let me try to save my mom brain yeah because although she's confident in her abilities the margin of error very and you know that's that's to up the stakes and make it that the clock has to hit zero or has to hit one before they save the day yeah it's a very tiny margin of error she says a second between like when her 
uh, hack will go off and when the uh, angel will <laughs> take over. Yeah, and it starts doing a self-destruct thing, right? Not sure. Okay, so anyways, so they argue, yeah, Misato and Ritsuko argue about what to do and Misato's gonna, doesn't pull rank on her this time though. And so just like we did the one in a million shot with Misato that ended up working out the last episode, this time we get to go with Ritsuko's one in a million shot, which is kind of cool. They go inside of uh, Casper and they find all of these little pieces of paper, which I thought was really creepy. And I guess they turn out to be like source code, like workarounds and things that you can do to manipulate the code of the Magi computers. But I feel like I've seen that somewhere in Japanese cinema or Japanese culture maybe. Is there a thing about putting prayers by people's graves or mm. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. That's interesting that you said that. I thought maybe there are these shots maybe that are more just tangles of wires and stuff like that in uh, serial experiments lane. And you don't seem to understand. That it kind of like mm. reminded me of, but I think there is a thing at like temples. Yeah. You leave prayers. And there might be like a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of these prayers kind of like hung up on a wall or something. Okay, I'm glad I'm not crazy. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't know where I've seen it, but the the imagery looks similar. Sorry, Nate, go ahead. I, know, I kept thinking of, uh, what's the goddamn movie? Akira. Like certain scenes in Akira and in other old anime, like Appleseed and shit, where they're just posting, like, you see like these little like engineering rooms where like the engineers leave like little post-its notes all over the place like you see it a lot in, in other anime too where engineers were going to like a little room or some like little under area where there's wires but you'll see like a bunch of post-it notes like stuck all over the place uh ghost in the shell mm. is another one where you see that too yeah i guess maybe it's kind of like a a cyberpunk kind of staple or something yeah and i guess it does make it feel like it's more like jerry-rigged or something like that that it kind of reminds you like this is this human thing that's kind of like put together in this like messy way or something yeah like, like they've got a bunch of sticky notes i think one they show the uh like a little caption that says fuck you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if anybody else saw that too but I it's like they that. wrote over her notes uh, like, <laughs> notes and they like wrote over her notes and like and it said like fuck you and i think you're right i think the shot that it really reminds me of is from Akira. You're so brilliant, Nate. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> so where are we? Sorry, I lost my place. Uh, me too. They had just stopped the uh, the uh, the infection, the takeover of Casper. Oh right, man. This show goes along so swiftly. They got they get to the climax where they're she starts programming something directly wired into like they're inside of Casper. And there's like four minutes left in the episode. I thought we were like halfway through. It was like, oh, not that much has happened. No, like a ton happened and it moved along yeah. very quickly. And the, the pacing for this show is wonderful and surprising. Yeah, like the beginning is kind of like slow and steady, but then out of nowhere, I think like, I don't know, two, three minutes in, like it's, it's like, go, go, go. They're, they don't really stop to like take anything in. It's like, this is happening and this is happening. It's like just a bunch of, re everyone's just reacting. There's no time to like really stop and like really figure anything out. I think the only time they stop is when uh, uh, they're deciding whether to, to blow the Magi or go with uh, Ritiko's plan. So at the last minute, they kind of, their their program works and they, they stop the, uh, the corrosion from taking over. We see this like one little sector that's still blue, uninfected, and then it kind of, whatever change happened, just sweeps across and sets everything back to normal. The glowing corrosion AT field stuff just disappears. So, so they had talked about this thing about evolving it to destroy itself, but instead the solution ends up being that it's like still there, but now like coexisting with the system. Is that the idea? That's what I thought. Yeah, I think that was like their end goal, but it never explains like that's, that's what happened. Ben, you're brilliant. You're so helpful. So yeah, that's what I wanted to suss out before we uh, uh, wrap up the synopsis and go into the spoilers is that 
yeah, what exactly is this plan? My under, my thought was they are going to trick this thing into accepting its own self-destruct command. And when it does that, instead of killing itself, it will evolve to not give a self-destruct command. So it will save the Magi and cause it to coexist with I thought them. it was, it would opt out of like destroying itself like rather than like let itself be destroyed with the magi it would like choose to coexist with it coexist with it in order to save itself yeah it's kind of interesting i guess we have had a lot of the angels blow themselves up <laughs> just say screw it <laughs> well, well and then it's kind of like is that part of how these angels are designed like they're designed to do something and then either when they give up or once they've accomplished the thing, they just kind of like self-destruct. So it's not like the end goal of all evolution is like something destroying itself, like kind of specifically the end goal of, of angels is... To follow others and die. Yeah, do something and then destroy themselves. Oh, so in much the same way that each of them has a new specific tactic or a new specific mode of operation that it's using, they also have that specificity of application. Like, once you're done, that's it. Like, once you complete or fail the mission, that's to, it. Yeah, they're about to just meet me, you know? If we could only understand them, they'd be talking about how their existence is pain and suffering. <laughs> they just want to die. <laughs> do they have language? <laughs> so right at the end, we do uh, we do jump back to the pilots. They're still naked in their plug suits, and we see them. I guess they got ejected up into that lake, that lake that we always see um, next to the pyramid in that kind of underground mm. cave world. So they're just floating out as tubes in this lake. And uh, Asuka is really mad because they're all naked, so they can't leave. And going back, it, it is like, it is this weird fan service thing. And what I thought that they were going to do with it was have this whole thing that they've kind of done of, oh, now like, Shinji is going to be like embarrassed and awkward because he has to like walk naked next to these like girls. But they didn't even do that. Like they talk about like Asuka being like embarrassed, but they never kind of set up anything about like them interacting or anything. If the episode had ended there, it would have been a great joke. <laughs> just, <laughs> just ended there, it's like done. <laughs> Yeah, but, but then we do have this kind of final conversation between Risco and Misato where she kind of explains um, how her mom created uh, the Magi and like reveals that the Magi in some ways are these, these three parts of her mom. Risco mentions that she can't become a mother. I didn't get any hints to that earlier. I don't know if that's a physical thing, like a, a, a medical thing, or if that's like part of her personality. She's like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm too focused on this. I it's cannot. Like a feeling a medical thing. Like, yeah, that was that's my impression too. Like she's tried or something like that. Because she seems like she's like lost her time. Like she's worried about aging. She doesn't like she can't have kids. Like I think she kind of wants to like slow down and have like kind of have a family or have a life. Mm -hmm. So I imagine she lives. She gives off the vibe like she lives alone. Like it's just her, and all she does is work and then go home, and then that's her life. I feel like that's like that's why she was like kind of jealous. Like she says she's kind of jealous of her mom, which brings me back to that whole "here I am aging and my mom is still doing fine." I don't know. I just get the impression that she's lonely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, definitely. Like, like kind of sad. Like she's depressed. Like kind of. Yeah. And she seemed kind of like like motherly. Like she was trying to teach. Well, she was talking to. Uh, oh, the technician that's always in the booth with them. Oh yeah, she was giving her praise, and she was like, "You know, if you try this, you know, what I'm saying, you know." Uh, it'll probably work a little bit better or work faster. But she was like giving her praise and the girl was like, yeah, well, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without you. Like, I, I feel like she she has like motherly instincts. Like she wants to be a mom and she's at least kind of like nurturing to uh, that girl. But it seems like she's like very like maternal towards her. And she kind of wants that. Like she wants to, 
a kid of her own. I don't. I, I felt like they were kind of hinting at it that she, she wanted at one point she did want kids and found out she couldn't. Those texts are kind of cool. I like that we get to follow them a little bit. We get glimpses. Would not want to have their job though. <laughs> Would not want to have their job. Having your boss just kind of linger behind you like this. <laughs> you know you messed up and it's just like, he's going to see. <laughs> the all-knowing eye of Gendo behind you. Yeah, he's awful. I had questions, but a lot of them got answered after watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right. Is there anything that was like kind of especially interesting that you noticed? So you remember I was talking about before the, the art style? Yeah. Specifically this one. The scene I was talking about was uh, when they're in uh, Casper, uh, when Masato is talking to Ritsuko, that whole interaction, mm-hmm. her moving back and forth, those little subtle movements that they kept adding in, even when she was just sitting there and Ritsuko was talking, but the camera was focused on Masato. Yeah. Her eyes, like, her eyes were still moving. Like, she was still blinking. Like, it didn't seem, like, stale or stagnant, you know? Like, it was, like, those little things that they kept doing. Then I noticed earlier on when they were, like, focusing on her again, normally uh, where she's, like, giving orders, but there's someone talking in the background. The camera's focused on her, but they didn't just leave it at just her face there and then, like, you're getting mouth flaps. Her facial expression changed, like, partway through, like, the, the scene, you know what I'm saying? So it's, like, I don't know, it felt natural. Uh, it wasn't, like, very, yeah. like, stale and stagnant, like a lot of, uh, prime example. Um, did you ever watch the Street Fighter anime, the American version? Looks like Alex has. I, I haven't. Yeah, it is god-awful. God-awful. So you'll get a lot of scenes like that where it's, like, it's freeze-frame on a character. There's a bunch of talking happening, like, in the background. But they keep it on that character, and nothing else is happening. <laughs> so a lot of the times you think, oh, maybe my computer froze, and just the <laughs> audio is still going, or... No, it's just really bad animation. Yeah, at least in this one, they give you an elevator to look <laughs> at while... Uh... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I felt like they did that with a lot of stuff, too. Like, they, they added in little uh, subtle things so the like little scenes weren't stagnant. Like, when they were showing the... Uh, it's another Masato one where she's just standing there and she's looking out at the... No, it's uh, Riko. It's just looking out at the, uh, the Ava bodies, the imitation uh, Ava bodies. But it's focused on her, but the view is coming from the water. Uh, but rather than just showing her standing still, but she's in, she is standing still, they made it look like the water was moving. Like, they added a little effect so, like, the water was moving. Like, there was always some kind of, like, motion in each scene. So it wasn't just flat, here's somebody just standing there waiting to react or anything like that. I don't know. It's stuff like that that, like, I really like. It makes things, like, yeah. a little bit better. Like, it's cheaper than uh, having to, like, animate every little piece. You can just throw in a little effect here or have them shift a little bit and a slight head turn, like, I don't know, stuff like that, like, really, really gets me. Like, it was just like, man, somebody sat there and thought, like, hey, this scene looked really boring. Let me move <laughs> her head a little bit and see what she's reacting. Or have her, like, she doesn't have to pull and touch her nose. Her head can just slightly shift, and it, like, changes everything uh-huh. for you. I, I, like, I like those little little add-ons in, in, in different, like, in anime. And uh, this show, like, yeah. does that a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of attention to um, detail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess for someone who likes Neon Genesis, uh, what what show do you think that they might also like? Do you have any recommendations for kind of similar things for people to check out? I don't watch a lot of uh, giant mech shows, but the closest one that I can get to is probably Escaflone. It's more fantasy-based, uh, but definitely, like, within that realm. That's funny. I grew up on that one. Uh yeah. On Fox, right? Uh, oh, I saw it on, um, like, tapes that my brother would get. Uh, like, probably, maybe even fan-subbed. But, uh, yeah, it yeah. did come back out on Fox, uh, dubbed. And I think that one's, in like, an interesting side... Or uh, I think it's technically for young girls. Escaflone? It definitely feels because like the that. main it's, character it's, is a high school student that gets transported to this magical world. She's the only quote-unquote normal person there. And she meets the prince, or the prince, I imagine that's what he's supposed to be. Uh, he's the one who controls Escaflone. Fun! Yeah. Um, fun yeah. sama! <laughs> and all or several uh, male leads become enamored with the female lead over the course of the yeah. show, right? Which is a common component of the anime that's geared towards young women. Like Inuyasha is the same way. 
I know it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> but I can't get enough of it. And they're bringing it back. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know I had problems with it growing up, but that was my own like preconceived prejudices. Maybe it's worth looking at. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, I remember watching some of Escaflone. Escaflone has like a movie too, right? So there's a series, but then there's a movie that's kind of like the whole series compressed. Correct. So it's a little bit like a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court, right? Where it's a modern day woman goes into this fantasy land. And then it's kind of like a twist on Max, where it's like these magical Max versus technological yeah, yeah. Max. So I think his looks like a dragon uh, normally, and he like changes into a giant mech. It's been a minute. Oh, yeah. And if they're if you're looking for something that's like more along the same style as uh, Neon Galleon, um, Outlaw Star mm. uh, reminds me a lot of it, uh, and that's like huge fan <laughs> i recently started watching that i watched back i went back and watched a couple of, like old episodes that shit is really good um and you can never go wrong with cowboy bebop sweet solid do you have anything you want to plug uh anything we can put in the show notes for you i know that you are constantly aspiring as a comic book artist or storyboarder like uh is there any where that people can check out any of your work yeah, I post a lot of my artwork on uh, Instagram. It's uh, art by midnight. That's art underscore by underscore midnight. Midnight spelled M-I-D-N-I-T-E. You can find me on there. I also have an Etsy page where I sell t-shirts and stickers and a, a couple other fun stuff. And then my YouTube channel has my, uh, my time-lapse videos, like art videos, all by the same name. All art by midnight? All art by midnight. Oh, and Facebook. Also, same name. Okay. Art by Midnight. Easy to find. And if anyone can find archive recordings of smut and eggs, uh, I will pay good okay. money to find those. <laughs> so if we can't find that, we can put that out as a call to our uh, non-existent fans. I thought we had someone like email us from the UK. I was very excited. <laughs> well, if they want to prove they exist. They got to find smut and eggs. <laughs> yeah. Just act like they don't exist. Cool. Okay. Uh, so how can, then we're talking about it. How can people find us? Uh, so you can email us at penpenpalspod at gmail.com tweet us at penpenpalspod or you can leave us a five-star review and put any comments or questions there and we'll uh we'll talk about it on the air so if, if there's something we've missed something that you're curious about let us know well thank you for being on nate this has been a real pleasure yeah thank you for giving me to watch the show again it's, it's been awesome <laughs> But, but yeah, thanks thanks a lot for coming on, man. And it's, it's cool to have a, oh, an artist that notices there's like details with the animation and stuff like that. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Hope you have a good week, and we'll talk again soon. Pen. Pen. Pals. Pals. <laughs>
Yes, I think you're right. Uh, I think that it is most likely there is a language component because there's a similar language component with all of the uh, neural integration systems, the AVAs, like they're all baseline coded to uh, understand Japanese, but uh, uh, Asuka keeps, when she can, she keeps the unit O2 in German actually, because it's easier for her to think in German. Yeah, you're right. It probably is uh, location-based. Like the German ones probably have a German uh, brain in them or someone whose base language was German. I was just looking up on the Evangelion fandom and I didn't realize, so there's three names. So Caspar, Caspar, Balthazar, and Melchior are, yeah, the the three kings that came to visit um, Jesus after he was born. Oh, the Magi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's those Magi. Oh! Frankincense. uh, Yeah, gold and myrrh. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at an image of uh, Balthazar, and he's black, which is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, to look back through history at some depiction and be like, oh, look at that. There's a black guy there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All throughout history. You had brought up Kaji, and, like, you, have a, you had a theory about how he might have um, influenced the blackout in that previous episode? Yeah, I think it's his fault. And they never reveal in that episode how it happened. They don't figure it out. But Kaji is the kind of Trojan horse character. He obviously has other motivations. He obviously answers to someone besides Gendo because he has that uh, secret meeting in the tram lift with that woman with the dog in the volcano episode. Uh, he has phone calls to other people outside of the organization that he's obviously reporting to. And so I think that when the power went off in uh, the episode with the spider angel, it I think it has to be him. He has to be the, the traitor in yeah. their midst. But maybe that's the red herring. Maybe they're pointing all these things to him to make me think that it's him when in actuality there are bigger things going on he's their like secret savior <laughs> he's actually there because he thinks something like something else is going on he's actually the savior i don't know but he is a real i really hate him he's the one who brought adam to adam is the the angel the 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 baby angel that they had in that case right yes adam and lilith are considered the first two angels even though physiologically they're a, a slightly different thing they're known as seeds of life. I don't know if within the series or just within the the meta text, but they're they're known as seeds of life, and they are a lot like angels, but they're the predecessor both to angels and humans, right? Like we haven't revealed this yet, but humans are called Lilians uh, in the mythology, and that that spawn of Lilith. So like we are one of the angels. Uh, because we come, our life on Earth comes from Lilith and not Adam. Uh, and the angels are Adam's spawn. I see what you mean. So Adam has been dormant, right, in this embryo stage for who knows how long, since I assume the inception of life on Earth. And has its activation is what has caused these angels to start either waking up or manifesting themselves like i think they're coming to get adam that's why they're obsessed with nerve hq because they could be attacking any of these facilities Mm. across the world that have ava projects that have magi systems but they're always coming to japan they're always coming to nerve hq and it's because there's something there but, but they were doing that before they had gotten adam right Right, but something else is has already been there since the start of the show. Lilith is between is beneath mm-hmm. Nerve HQ. Yeah. You know, like big spoiler there, but like that's what they're coming after because Lilith and Adam have very similar I don't know, signatures. Mm. Yeah, and so they're looking for uh the angels are looking for Adam and but it's easy for them to key into and be confused by Lilith's signature mm. because they're both seeds of life. And now they're both there. Mm. So they are coming after Adam. Yeah. So, this, so this is kind of another 
super spoilersy thing, um, but about the characters versus kind of the the mythology stuff going on. But uh, you you had mentioned that we don't see Ritsuko's mom, and so we will see her in a later episode. We we do get a a flashback later, you know. So there's a whole thing between her and Ray and Gendo and actually Ritsuko. It's kind of like this this complicated situation. You know, we were talking before about the souls in the different Avas, right? And how mm. Shinji's mother is in Unit 01, mm-hmm. Asuka's mother is in Unit 02. So the soul in Unit 00, it's a little bit ambiguous, but a lot of people think it is uh, Ray 1. Ray is a clone. And right now we're on Ray 2. But I think the idea is that when Ray 1 died, her soul. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that, you know, this time we have Ray 1 reaching this hand at Ritsuko, and it might have something to do with what happened between Ray 1 and Ritsuko, or Ray 1 and Ritsuko's mom. And if Ritsuko's mom is in the supercomputers, there might be something going on too with like the soul of her mom versus the soul of this angel. And they're kind of, they're still still hashing things out in the afterlife. They <laughs> <laughs> got beef in the afterlife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, it, and it kind of goes with this aging stuff that we talked about. So I, I might be kind of misremembering this, but I was reading back over the Wikipedia pages. And so I think what happens is that Riska's mom and Gendo were having an affair. And then Gendo brought back his ex-wife, who became Ray One, and then there was kind of like tension because I think you know Risco's mom knew that he still kind of loved the ex-wife, but then I think on top of that, then Gendo had started sleeping with Risco. Oh damn! I think they're having an affair. Rose. And then Ray One basically like insulted Risco's mom and was like you're old and like he's through with you and like moving on to like the next generation. And then Risco's mom kills Ray one. God damn, some Jerry Springer shit. (laughs) 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 Let's bring him out. Kendo, you are not the father. (laughs) Kendo is so awful. And, And so I think then you like, that is all like this weird tension drama going on and like the background between the Magi and the Avas, and I don't know how much of that Ritsuko also knows about, like if that's like part of why she hates her mother, or uh, I don't know, yeah, but, but again, and then like these kind of like Freudian things of like your kids being sexual competitors or your parents being sexual competitors, so much of that in this. <laughs> so Ray is, the reincarnation of well the the clone of Yuri Ikari yeah. Yui Ikari of Shinji's mom of Shinji's mom yes and Shinji has been checking out Ray this entire time yep yes <laughs> but he doesn't understand he doesn't know that I know that's I know his... I know I'm just this is just dawning on me because I didn't realize that that was his mom like he was his clone I'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> of like oh my God. <laughs> Trying to think of like when like Ritsuko sends him on like the errand to give her like the pass card and stuff. Like, does everyone else know? Does Misato know and Ritsuko know? And like, <laughs> no, I don't think Misato knows. But that means that if Ritsuko knows, oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome. That makes the pool scene even worse. Uh, but he's like doing his homework at the pool, and Asuka and Ray are there, and he like looks over at Asuka, and he's like, "All right, cool." But then he's like staring at Ray like off in the distance is like, yeah. oh dear God. <laughs> it's definitely an Oedipus Rex story. Very, very strange. Well, I hope he gets to kill his father because Gendo is just the worst. Because, okay, who's the real bad guy in this? Is it the angels or is it Gendo? I think it's Gendo. I think like Ray, he's a really ends justify the means kind of guy. That's true. Oh, Ray and Ritsuko. Oh my gosh. They're so similar. And now that, oh my gosh, it makes a lot of sense now. Not that they're just paralleled in the story 
or like in the narrative, but there's also really concrete parallels in their backstory that, like you said, that we'll get into more with uh, uh, Ritsuko having a an affair with Gendo and her mother like like her for her, and you know Gendo is into these hyper competent, very self assured, very intelligent women who are technically literate because his wife was part of. Yeah, she she's a scientist too, I think. Yeah, okay. She's like an integral part of the initial Ava test and the the, um, the second oh. impact. Hmm? So she was she was part of that original team and just died like during like testing. I don't, I think I missed one. Yeah. So so that's all spoilers. I don't think we know yet how any of them die, but yeah, I think they were all scientists working on the Ava project and as they were like testing stuff, um I think at least so I think she died in an accident and it's some sort of thing where like by dying next to the Ava's, like the soul got like kind of sucked into it or something like that. Oh. Hmm. So does that kind of explain why the, well, at least the O1 goes berserk in the first episode? I think so. Yeah. Like when the arm reaches out to like defend him or something, I, I yeah. think it's supposed to be like her, maternal powers protecting him or something like that yeah and when it goes berserk like acts on its own accord because shinji is incapacitated uh yes that is uh the mother's soul so it's not aware of what it is or that it was used to be his mom it's more just acting on the instincts of the mother yeah i don't know if we know that like if it has the memories and stuff like that like i think that there are moments when the avas become somewhat aware like of their experience of their uh not just feeling and doing but you know observing themselves feeling yeah. and doing and that those are the moments when the avas go crazy because that's i mean existence is pain <laughs> existence <laughs> is terrifying like the the fact that we're conscious we take it for granted because that's just what we are but it is this maddening thing. And so to to come out of this almost like drug-like torpor, or not torpor, but like this sunken state, uh, ooh, like you get out. Um, this sunken state where they're not really conscious, they're more acting off of instinct or being controlled, right? Just like in yeah. Get Out, holy shit. There are moments where that, because of the pilot going, uh, or in being incapacitated, there are moments where that consciousness rises to the surface and they, at least to this point in the series, they invariably go berserk. So they just like survive. Yeah, like when O, Unit 00 goes berserk and tries to get to Gendo, is it because the soul of Ray One inside of Zero Zero is like, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And Ritsuko's in the room too, which like, it's not really her fault, but it is her mom's fault. So then maybe there's some animosity still there. I don't know. It's really awesome. It's wonderful to pick apart. 